We have come and sat at your door, my giver. <coughs> Please take care of your souls, my giver. Please take care of your souls. Vibhajan Anke Devare Ute Bete Meridatia on page 214. Kyle conquers the souls to throw in the hells. He assumes many forms to entangle the souls. Oh, my giver, for God's sake, please hear the cry of the suffering ones and save us. The darkness of falsehood has covered the world. Truth has fled away to the skies. Religion and mercy are terrified and confused. <coughs> oh, my giver, during the difficult time, please ask of our condition. At all places, Kal has laid traps which are difficult to break. O oh, Satguru, my giver, gracious to the poor, please save us in the court of the Lord. Hail, beloved Sawan and Kripal, for you cool the heat of the Jab in moments. O oh, my giver, please give darshan to the Sangat. May we never forget your beneficial deeds. <coughs> we have come and sat at your door, my giver. Please take care of your souls, my giver. Please take care of your souls. Bhajan of Sanchi on page 214. <laughs> Apni aruhanu sambal mere tatya Apni aruhanu Narkacha sutta nele kala evangarida Ruhade pasone numbahuta rupa tarida Narkacha sutta nele kala evangarida Ruhade pasone numbahotaru anarena Vasatai rabadavachai mere tatia Dukiyari sunna ke pukara mere tatia Apani aruhanu samba Anake devare utebete mere datiya Apani aruhanu samba mere datiya Apani aruhanu samba 
We have come and sat at your door, my giver. Please take care of your souls, my giver. Please take care of your souls. Our next bhajan is on page 154. <coughs> hail, hail to my Satguru who reunites the separated ones. I have seen the master who is exactly like what I had heard of him. He reunites the separated ones. He saves the soul at the court of God and reunites the separated ones. He makes us meditate on the Nam of God. He cuts the disease of ego and reunites the separated ones. Nanak says, God makes those meet the Satguru whose union is preordained from Satchkant. He reunites the separated ones. Hail, hail to my Satguru, who reunites the separated ones. Bhajan of Guru Arjan Dev on page 154. <laughs> Dana dana sate guru mera jeda Vichariyanu melada Jesa sate guru sunida Jesa sate guru sunida Teso hi medita jeda Vichariyanu melada so he medita jeda, vicharyanu melada. Dana dana sate guru mera jeda, vicharyanu melada. Dana dana sate guru mera jeda, vicharyanu melada. Vicharya mele prabhu Vicharya mele prabhu Ardarga kabasita jera Vicharya numeleda Ardarga kabasita jera Vicharya numeleda Dana dana sate guru mera jeda vicharyanu melada. Dana dana sate guru mera jeda vicharyanu melada. Hari namo mantra dadaida. Hari namo mantra dadaida. Kate home Dana dana sate guru mera jeda 
Vicharia Numelita Dana Dana Sati Guru Merajera Vicharia Numelita Nanaka Sati Guru Tinamilaya Nanaka Sati Guru Tinamilaya Chinduro Pia Sancho Gachera Vicharia Numelita Jinduro Pia Sancho Gachera Vicharia Numelita Dana Dana Sati Guru Merajera Vicharia Numelita Dana Dana Sati Guru Merajera Vicharia Numelita Hail, hail to my Satguru, who reunites the separated ones. Well, we have come to the end of a very special, sweet and grace-filled week-long meditation retreat. All thanks go to Master for encouraging and rewarding our remembrance of him. This afternoon, immediately after lunch, we will be moving the picnic tables and serving counters from under the Langar tent and clearing bedding and supplies from the school buildings that were used as dorm spaces. Dear ones who can help with this seva are welcome to stay for lunch and lend a hand. This evening at Satsang, we will be showing some recently discovered slides of Master Kripal Singh, taken in India in the early 1970s. There is a meditation hour from 6.30 to 7.30, and Satsang begins at 7.30 p.m. wanted to tie up, tie in uh, various thoughts that we have been considering over the course of the retreat. Um, which may not have been obvious, but I hope they will be now, anyway. Uh, mostly around the question of paradox and the way in which path works in the way in which we think it works and uh, the differences between them and I want to read some from Baba Salensing and some from Master Kripal um, dealing with this the first thing I want to read is a brief section from uh, Baba Salensing's famous letter on karma which has been read many times in satsang it's just the first few paragraphs the supreme creator and the individual spirit in the creation are connected together through the sound current 
but Kao, also a creation of the Supreme Being, separates the individual from the current by coming in between as mind and forms. Hence, the individual feels disconnected, but not so the creator. There are three minds, and corresponding to these three minds are three kinds of forms. One, in Trikuti, the Nijman, innermost or causal mind, or Brahm, and the universal mind cover the spirit. The forms here are made of very pure maya, so much so that a majority of the seekers <coughs> have failed to see here the spirit apart from maya or mind, and therefore considered Brahm as all-pervading, etc. Two, lower down in Sahans del Kamal, the forms of Trikuti get another covering of mind and form, both coarser than the above. The astral form here being governed by the Andiman, the astral mind. In this zone, there are the hells and heavens and numerous other regions. Here, the tendencies of the mind are directed inward and are elevating. This mind behaves like a wise enemy, seeking to keep us here. Three, further down in Pind, the region below the eyes, the astral form gets another covering of coarse material with which we are familiar. The mind that governs this form is called the Pindiman, physical or lower mind. Its tendencies are outward and diffusive and it is most difficult to control. Now a body actuated by mind and spirit cannot help performing karma. And the karmic law, as you sow, so shall you reap, continues to work and the account is complicated with time. The more one works, the greater the entanglement, like a bird struggling in the meshes of a net. So cunningly has Kyle arranged the snare of forms and minds that it is well nigh impossible for man to escape from their influence. No matter how good and godly we may be, that alone will not take us out of these regions. Says Lord Krishna, good actions are as much binding as bad actions. Good actions may be likened to fetters of gold and bad actions to those of iron, and both are equally efficient in keeping us tied. The escape is through the sound current. Only when the attention catches and follows the current does the mind become dormant and out of action. At all other times when the attention is off the current, the mind gets the upper hand. Through long and indefinite time, ever since the spirit separated from its ocean and associated itself with the minds and bodies, not only has the upward passage been blocked, but the spirit has been so bewildered, entangled, and enfeebled that it has lost all memory of its home 
and is contented to live a wretched life in this wretched material world. There are two ways of looking at this creation. One, from the top, looking down, the Creator's point of view. Two, from the bottom, looking up, man's point of view. From the top, it looks as though the Creator is all in all. He is the only doer, and the individual seems like a puppet tossed right and left by the wire puller. There seems to be no free will in the individual, and therefore no responsibility on his shoulder. It is his play. There is no why or wherefore. All the saints, when they look from the top, describe the creation as his manifestation. They see him working everywhere. Looking from below, or the individual viewpoint, we come across variety as opposed to oneness. Everybody appears to be working with a will and is influenced by and is influencing others with whom he comes in contact. The individual thinks he is the doer and thereby becomes responsible for his actions and their consequences. All the actions are recorded in his mind and memory and cause likes and dislikes which keep him pinned down to the material, astral or mental spheres according to his actions in an earlier life in the cycle of transmigration. The individual in these regions cannot help doing actions and having done them cannot escape their influences. The individual acts as the doer and therefore bears the consequence of his actions. As stated above, the observations differ on account of the difference in the angle of vision. Both are right. I'm going to read that sentence over again. As stated above, the observations differ on account of the difference in the angle of vision. Both are right. One, the individual clothed in coarse material form sees only the external material forms. His sight does not go deeper than that. Two, if he were to rise up to Sans del Camo, the same individual would see the mind actuating all forms. The form would be only secondary. Mind would be the prime mover in all. Three, the same individual from Dazwandwar will see the spirit current working everywhere and will see how the mind gets power from the spirit. Four, from such Khand, the whole creation looks like bubbles forming and disappearing in the spiritual ocean. And I, I have found this passage tremendously thought-provoking, uh, koan-like in many ways, and uh, helpful in trying to understand what, you know, wh where the masters are coming from, what lies underneath the teachings as we get them, and what it says about the nature of the universe. 
What I said earlier about paradox is summed up in those three words, both are right. Because, of course, a paradox is something two, it is two propositions. If one of which is true, the other can't be, yet they both are. And uh, to me, the whole esoteric, mystical, spiritual tradition in all forms, including Santmat, is uh, is, is its essence is paradox. And the reason is that the masters come from the point of view of from the top down. When they come with us, they have to work with us who look from the bottom up. But they are trying and they succeed to some extent always and eventually um, always in allowing us to share that point of view with them so that the more we are able to see from the top down the more we understand about the master about the path about God about ourselves what karma is how everything connects why the horrible things that happen can happen and how we can go beyond them all of those things are implicit in this teaching of the point of view of the top and the bottom. And remember, it isn't that one is right and the other isn't. That is, the, to me, the gist of the whole thing. They are both right. As long as our attention is down here, we are on the bottom, then what we experience is real. Karma is real, suffering is real, the wretchedness that the Master talks about is real. Uh, we can't say, oh, ha, ha, this is all illusion. Uh, doesn't bother me, because it does bother us. And we, we, you know, anything that says it doesn't is pretend. But if our angle of vision really can change, which is the whole point of the meditation and the way of living, and the various helping factors, the diary and so forth that the masters give us, if our point of view can really begin to change, then it's not a question of, oh, this isn't real and I'm not bothered by it, but, oh, I see how this connects with this, excuse me, I see how this connects with this, and um, this enables me to have a different understanding of the whole. I, I like to use the image myself of the camera pulling back, you know, movie camera, wide screen, wide lens camera filming a close-up. It looks like one thing. You pull the camera back further and further, you get more and more of a context. And if you pull it back far enough, you see the, you know, the stage lights around the set and you see the various film workers doing stuff and you see that you're in a movie studio, not in real life at all. But you don't see that unless it goes back far enough, <coughs> which is sort of the point of view that Master Salen Singh is talking about there. Uh, this leads into um, what to me, the longer I live, the older I get, the less I understand, I'll tell you that. But. Uh, it more it seems clear to me that uh, the problem 
when we talk about the path or the problems that we have or you know this or that aspect all come from the difficulties involved in combining or conjoining or merging points of view it's like look at it this way suppose the master you know people like they I mean I've been present when people have asked the masters questions like uh, you know what is such kind like and uh, what is the master gonna say you know what Samhain Singh said in that letter is probably as close as the masters have ever come to describing what it's like but even to say it looks like bubbles rising and falling in the ocean what does that say to us you know I mean we even hear that in terms of literal bubbles rising and falling in the ocean and you can be very sure that somebody with a point of view who can really see the universe that way that saying it that way doesn't cut it either you know it's like a little teeny bit of it a fingernail pairing uh, conveying the essence of the whole body which of course from a DNA point of view it does but not from any point of view that we can follow <coughs> anyway when people try to convey and this is true of the masters too they try to convey a way of looking at reality which is in it, it is I should say it is absolutely incompatible with a dualistic understanding. A few weeks back we read Master Kripal's magnificent summation of Shankaracharya's philosophy of Advaitism from the crown of life. And if you um, remember that, it is not possible for us to understand what is meant by God is one or God is love and we are also love statements like that point the way they're true obviously they're true but for us to understand what is really meant by that all we get is an approximation and then how much more is this true when it comes to you know ideas we have about what the master says things other people tell us about their experiences on the inner planes it's like if you I know from experience that it is the it is almost impossible to remember accurately on the physical plane what is experienced within but the mind doesn't like to accept that and it fills in all the gaps so we come up with a story based on a very real experience but which is not necessarily anything like what the experience actually was this is one reason why we are not supposed to talk about our experiences but it's another reason why uh, you know we are only supposed to go within get what we can from ourselves master takes us up at the speed with which we can handle these things and um, you know eventually we will get to the point where this isn't true because remember the I-hood we talk about I I experienced this I went to Boston yesterday you know I I was in the astral plane yesterday who is the I 
you know, the eye that goes to Boston is the eye that experiences Boston. But if we go to the astral or causal plane, who is experiencing there? The eye is the ego, the fake ego, the, the thing that keeps us separate from everything else. So until we can get to the point where uh, we can, jeez, I keep forgetting the word I want to, merge is I guess the best, but to, to combine or coalesce the, uh, the sense of the fake ego whose experiences are real but are incapable of grasping what that in us which is beyond the ego can handle. And if you remember the story I told um, a few weeks back about Master Kripal and the, um, uh, the World Religions Conference and the yogi who exploded and all like that, um, and what he told me, that ego is the last thing to go, and if you develop power, if you be become inwardly powerful and advanced, so-called, before conquering the ego and then use it in the ego's service, then this is what happens. And which is another reason why um, the master takes us up so slowly. As C.S. Lewis says, and I've quoted a million times, we can't expect the gods to meet us face to face until we have faces. We've got to develop in ourselves the capacity to to receive, appreciate, and reflect on that which God wants to show us. When that capacity is developed, which is what the masters call receptivity. So along those lines, I want to read a section from another letter of Baba Sawin Singh, which is also a very famous letter. Um, which he deals with this and then takes it further too. He's, he, he's talking about the problems, some of which I've just been mentioning, and he says, there's a difficulty of exact expression and of correct understanding. You cannot convey a correct idea of a railway train or a modern motor car to a person familiar with only bullet carts as a means of conveyance. A radio agent without receiving apparatus will carry but little conviction as to the marvels of radio among persons who never before heard of the radio. Even with a radio set at hand, he is likely to be taken as a juggler, that is to say, as a stage magician, of course. <coughs> word juggler is often used in India that way. So an ideas about material things cannot be conveyed correctly in words, either written or spoken. Ideas about non-material things, such as mental and spiritual experiences, cannot possibly be expressed with any degree of clearness and exactitude to persons who never have had any such experiences. Yet mental and spiritual experiences on the mental and spiritual planes are as real as are the experiences of anyone on the physical plane. A boy who leaves school after learning the three R's says knowledge is unlimited. A student who completes the common school course 
but who has not yet entered the university, also says, knowledge is unlimited. The graduate of the university also says, knowledge is unlimited. A university professor who has encompassed the limits of learning afforded by all universities also says, knowledge is unlimited. Now the boy, the student, the graduate, and the professor all use the same expression, but evidently they do not mean the same thing at all. The boy's idea of knowledge is very shallow, while the idea of knowledge is held by the professor is deep, a sea compared to a pond. <coughs> uh, and then he talks about the sound current and he says, this current is present in man, all human beings. It is natural in man, not artificial. It can be neither altered nor modified, nor added to nor subtracted from. All else in this world is changeable and changes continually, but not this current. It is an emanation from or wave of the great source of all, the supreme creator, by whatever name you wish to speak of him. Each individual is a spark or a drop of that same infinite source. The creator is at the top of this current and the individual soul is at the other end, the current thus acting as the connecting link between them. By that current, the life, even the very existence of the individual is sustained. The individual feels no touch with it on account of the thick veils of mind and matter which cover it at this end, but it is there in man and in all forms of creation, in the eye focus, whence it permeates the whole body below the eyes and then goes out from the body through the various sense organs. To catch it, the scattered and scattering attention must be controlled and held in the focus where connection is established with the astral, the mental and the spiritual planes and the same finally merges into its source at the other end. The first essential thing, therefore, is to enter this laboratory within ourselves by bringing our scattered attention inside of the eye focus. Of course, the eye focus is the third eye or the sixth chakra in the yoga terminology uh, between the two eyebrows. This is a slow process, but we are not justified in saying that we cannot do it, or that it is impossible, or that it is useless. Here is a worthy pursuit for the application of our critical and other faculties. If we cannot control and subdue our thoughts arising within us, who else will? It is our job, and we must do it, and we must do it now, in this very lifetime, while we are human beings. For man is the highest form of creation. <coughs> uh, 
If a lantern were wrapped in a thin muslin cloth, its light would be dimmed. If there is another envelope of thick, coarse cloth over the muslin, the light will be cut off entirely and the lantern will cease to serve the purpose of a lantern. Man is much like a covered lantern. There is light in him. There is the spark of pure existence, knowledge, and bliss in him, but the envelopes of mind and matter dim his light and he gropes in darkness. Real existence has degenerated and appears in him as reason, intellect, and instinct. Bliss has degenerated into fleeting experiences of pleasure and pain. <coughs> as something that the Master said in the previous paragraph, which I inadvertently skipped over, wrapped in its coverings, the soul merely hears of its source from others or reads about the Creator in books, makes guesses, and draws imaginary pictures to satisfy its intellectual curiosity. It also manufactures creeds. Anyway, the Master continues, clothed in our dark coverings, we are incapable of understanding our source. And the extent to which we succeed in removing our coverings marks the degree of our capacity to understand our source. These remarks about the books, the creator, the individual, and the sound current will help us in answering your threefold question. One, the original home so often referred to whence we came. Two, why we left that home. Three, will we ever leave it again? The individual, as he is constituted now, is incapable of understanding what happened or is happening at the source. The saints who come from that end and have access to that end at will know what is going on at that end. But by the very nature of things, they are handicapped in trying to convey information to the individual at this end. They attempt in various ways to satisfy their audiences. Some are convinced and some are not. No matter what answer is given to these questions, we can always find fault with it. And even if reason and intellect are satisfied for the time being, <coughs> the necessity for converting theory into facts of experience and personal realization still remains. But the point is that saints do not wish to satisfy their audiences by empty words. They offer to take the inquirer to the other end and thus give him first-hand knowledge. One beauty of it is that at that end, these questions do not arise. So if the curious questioner would exercise a little patience and faith, most of his questions would be answered automatically as his experiences increase. <coughs> and he tells the story of the man in the well who won't grab a hold of the rope until he understands why, how he fell down and why. <coughs> so the guy finally gives up and walks away and the man stays there. Predestination versus free will. A will is free 
only so long as it is not acted. Once it acts, then that very act becomes binding on it. The second time it acts, it does not act as free will, but as a calculating will, for it carries the experience of the first act with it. And a calculating will is not a free will, but a limited will. The very creations or acts of a free will work as limiting factors upon it and guide it in its future activity. So the more actions one performs, the more his will is guided and thus limited. And this is real predestination. There is thus no antagonism between predestination, fate, karma, and free will. We were free at one time. We acted and then our acts became binding upon us. They curtailed our initial freedom. They now act upon us as unavoidable fate. Since our experiences have become complex and varied, these experiences now appear in us as joys and fears, hopes and desires, each of which in its turn molds or fashions our reason and intellect. Facts versus theories. That which may be a fact to one man may not necessarily be a fact to another, and it will not become a fact to him until he has had a similar experience. Facts of Santmat are reproducible, like facts of any science, and can be demonstrated in the laboratory of Santmat. The laboratory of Santmat, as said before, is inside of man. Anybody who enters this laboratory brings his scattered attention within himself at the eye focus, can see, feel, and realize what the saints say, and he can repeat the experiment as often as he likes. Santmat deals with facts only, not with theories or beliefs. It lays down a practical course for its devotees. It is practical through and through, and it can be executed by young or old, male or female, wise or simple-minded, <coughs> while at the same time they are enjoying the fullness of home life. You need not accept anything which does not appeal to you in books or even in my letters. You may leave aside for the time being the ultimate object of life and its how and why. You may start your inquiry from this end and then take as your objective the attack upon the eye focus. Reach that point as best you can by this or any other method. Draw up your own plans if you wish. Only make and execute some plan to reach that objective. Bring your plan into action. That is the main thing. And then if you find it does not work so well, come back to this plan. 
The main point is to reach the eye focus somehow. You will be dealing with your own attention. If you succeed in holding it inside of the focus, you have won the battle of life. You say in eight weeks since your initiation you have made no progress. Saint-Mat does not fix any time limit. Let us appreciate the situation. Ever since our birth, at which time we left the eye focus and came out of it, and established our connections with this world, we have not gone inside of it, the eye focus. Sometimes when we have a deep, intricate problem to solve, we close our eyes and try to think by holding all our attention in the eye center. We do it for a short time, but soon run out again because we have acquired the bad habit of always remaining away from the focus. Poets, painters, and musicians receive inspiration from this point. All great thinkers get their ideas clarified here. Whatever scientific progress the world has made, it has all been derived from this source. This focus, back of the eyes, is the fountain of all inspiration which has produced the world's masterpieces. And whatever further progress is to be made in the future, the source of information and inspiration will still be this point. Here is where divinity comes down to meet the struggling man. And what holds us outside this focus? Why does not everybody in the world rush with his utmost ability to enter this magic fountain of inspiration and wisdom? Because our attention has always been and is yet attached to our bodies, to our near relations, to our homes, to our countries, and to our pleasures, sometimes to our pains and sorrows. We have so much identified ourselves with these things that we have lost our identity. Unless now we start detaching ourselves from these outside connections, begin to develop the capacity to switch our attention on and off at will, we can make but little progress on the path. We are to reestablish our identity, to assert our supremacy over our minds and bodies. The mind must be made to work when we wish it to, and to remain motionless when we wish it to do so. We must become able to enter this body when we wish, to function in this world when necessary, and then to go out of it at will when we wish to function in another world. It is the attention which is to go inside and see, and so long it is, as it is running outside, who is to see inside? If the owner of a house sits always outside of his house and complains that he cannot see what is going on inside, his complaint is not justified. This detaching the attention from the external connections is a slow affair. Habits become second nature. It takes time to form new habits, but slow and steady wins the race and practice makes perfect. Follow your mind for a minute and see what keeps it away from its headquarters. Avoid whatever interferes 
and accept what helps in reaching your objective. I have already given you the saint's method based on long, long experience. If anyone is sure that he is on the right path, then if he takes but one step a day, he is still approaching his destination and is sure to get there someday, no matter how distant his destination may be. You will perhaps say, how am I to know that I am on the right path? I give you the means of proving it for yourself. Until you have proved it for yourself, you must of necessity accept something on faith. You would have to do the same if you were building a bridge. <coughs> and we have been reading uh, selections from Master Kripal's masterpiece, The Crown of Life. And I wanted today to read at least parts of the conclusion to that book in which he sums up uh, many of the things that he has been saying, but he also gets into basically the same point that we have been uh, looking at from the, from Salen Singh's letters, uh, the point of, of paradox, of the inability to, for that which is real and comes from within and is holy and pure and from God, what happens when we try to bring that down and funnel it through our egos? Uh, and he gets into why, if spirituality is such a good thing, what about all the bad things that are connected with it? It's a very legitimate question. The foregoing survey in brief of the major religions of the world and some of their modern ramifications makes abundantly clear a general drift towards some common basic <coughs> assumptions and beliefs. A, that the physical universe is no more than a small part of a much larger whole. B, that in like manner, our everyday human existence is only a fragment of the vast and complex pattern of life. C, that behind the phenomenal physical and human world, there is an absolute reality or a state of perfect being beyond change or destruction, complete within itself, which is responsible for all that is and yet stands over and above its own creation. <coughs> D, that this reality, the state of perfect being, may be approached by man under competent guidance through the agency of the word or the divine stream radiating light and harmony which represent the primal manifestations of the formless into form and from whose downward descent all realms and regions came into existence. If all religious experience tends in the same direction, then why, one asks, 
is there so much of conflict and controversy in the sphere of religion? Why is it that the devotees of every faith regard theirs as the only true one and all other faiths as false? Why is there dogmatic faith in spiritual monopoly and wherefore the Holy Crusades, the massacre of St. Bartholomew, the Spanish Inquisition, or the communal riotings in India in 1947? The question is a valid one, and the reasons that must go toward answering it are many and complex. The first thing that strikes one when taking up the comparative study of religion is its existence on different levels. At the core of every major religion stands the practical, mystical experience of some great sage or a succession of sages. Around this center have accumulated accretions of social codes, customs, and ritual. Now the core may be common to the mystics of various ages and countries, but the social context in which it is experienced and conveyed must of necessity vary. And he goes into uh, some of the ways in which that <coughs> manifests. Uh, Muslims are okay with polygamy, Catholics are not, Hindus having plenty of water require baths, whereas uh, Arabs who don't have much water can use a sand bath and so forth and so on. <coughs> As a consequence of the factors that come, came into play in the development of religion as a social institution, we find that each religion creates around itself a distinct pattern of customs, dogmas, and ritual. This pattern being distinct in each case, the devotees of every faith must necessarily feel themselves as standing apart from those of other faiths, not only in their dress and manners, but also in their modes of social concepts and attitudes. <coughs> Yet the lives of all great religious leaders like Jesus and Buddha reveal that while each of them accepted and extended the code of his own people, <coughs> Jesus never stopped being a Jew and Buddha never stopped being a Hindu from any outward point of view. They nonetheless never forgot that all men were brothers and treated members of other societies with the same respect and consideration as they displayed to those of their own. Behind the varying outer forms that characterize life, they saw pulsating the same unity of being. And it was from this level that they regarded all humanity. What was possible to the great founders of religions should be possible for those who claim to follow them. But when we look at things as they stand, we find that this possibility of intercommunication cooperation and understanding between various faiths has seldom, if ever, been realized. A mystic like Sri Ramakrishna may practically demonstrate the inner oneness of all religions, but the rest of us fail to grasp the point. And Master has a footnote 
well-known fact that Sri Ramakrishna, to test the truth that all religions lead to the same spiritual goal, practiced in turn the outer and inner disciplines of Hinduism, Christianity, and Islam, and in each case he found the end reached was the same. The fact is that every major world religion, after the passing away of its founder, grew into an institution with a priesthood to manage its affairs. The pundits in India, the mullahs and malvis in Islam, the Pharisees and rabbis in Judaism, and the monks and bishops in Christianity. This development made possible the extension of the message of the great founders <coughs> to numbers they could never have instructed themselves. Buddha personally met and influenced many an individual, but what was their number in comparison to the millions that heard the doctrine of Dharma when Ashoka created the various Sanghas or orders of Buddhist monks two centuries after his death? Besides, it enabled the perpetuation of his message down the ages. Buddha has come and gone. Jesus may have been immolated on the cross, but the Sangha and the Church continue and keep alive their teachings in a widespread manner which could not have been done if no such institutions had been developed. But if the institutionalization of the teachings of great spiritual leaders enabled their propagation and perpetuation, it also led to their transformation. The message of Christ or of Buddha as it was first delivered by each of them was one thing, but in the hands of the church and song that followed, it became another. The great religious leaders were moved and guided by first-hand inner experience, and it was this actuality that lay at the heart of their teachings. They saw it as something universal, something latent in every human being, and it was toward this that they directed the attention of their disciples, employing ethical advancement as a lever for spiritual progress. When their task after their passing away was taken over by rapidly expanding organizations, <coughs> which grew more complex with time, one could not expect all of their members to have attained the same heights or even to have any glimpses of the inner mystic realms. <coughs> Little wonder then that with the growth of the church and the like, the interest in every religion should have tended to shift from the mystical to the ethical, the ritualistic and the doctrinal. In short, from the universal to the particular. Only a rare soul may penetrate through the dark veil within. But for every such being, a million, nay a billion, may discuss problems of ethics, practice outer ceremonies, and hold strong opinions on various subjects, opinions not inspired or tested by personal experience, but picked up from the marketplace of life. And so, whereas we find no rigid framework of ritual or doctrine in outer code in the teachings of Jesus himself, everything being fluid and flexible, 
in a ready state to be directed to the service of the mystical message, a rigid framework emerged with the growth of the Christian church. As this variation took place, new barriers arose between the followers of Jesus and those of other faiths, barriers that never existed before. And I recommend reading the rest of the chapter also. I want to read one final comment, which has always struck me as extremely poignant or pointed in this, in this whole general area. Not all mystics reach the highest spiritual goal. Only a few succeed in breaking through the veil of inner darkness to the full, and of these the majority never get beyond the first inner spiritual plane. Of those who do succeed in going further, the greater number never cross the second plane, and so on. Now each of the planes has its own peculiarities and characteristics, and whereas the higher planes contain and maintain the lower ones, <coughs> the inhabitants of the lower planes are seldom aware of the existence of the higher ones. Each plane, in comparison to the one before it, seems perfection itself. And every mystic who has spoken of his divine experience has described it as though it were the be-all and the end-all of spiritual progress. The inescapable consequence of this is that we encounter descriptions of the absolute that after an allowance for differences of figurative language has been made, fail to agree. Jesus speaks of the divine in its paternal aspect, Sri Ramakrishna in its maternal one. The Shankya mystics speak of God, Prakriti, and Atman as forever separate, Ramanuja as related but never merging into one, while Shankara sees them as of the self-same essence, their separation being not real but only an illusion. All this means a mass of confusion to the common reader. But should he meet one who has reached the highest realm and is familiar with the experience of each of the inner planes, all contradictions would vanish, for he can demonstrate that though the six blind men made apparently the most contradictory statements about the nature of the elephant, yet they could all be finally reconciled by one who can see the whole elephant. <coughs> okay, we are hearing tapes from the Delhi March 1995 program. This We began this tape last week. Eh, una forma de, de animarme o de darme aliento para ser pequeño. Papuda Makan, Dilly, Sarane de Kehe, Jade Makan, Bandrea Siga, Sheikh Hiralal, Keval, Bauji, or Papu Kalvant. 
ਇਹ ਸਾਰੇ ਮੈਨੂੰ ਮਕਾਨ ਦੀ ਮਜ਼ਬੂਤੀ ਬਾਰੇ ਦੱਸ ਰਹੇ ਸੀਗੇ ਲੇਕਿਨ ਮੈਂ ਜਦੋਂ ਉੱਪਰ ਗਿਆ ਅਚਾਨਕ ਹੀ ਮੇਰੇ ਮੂੰਹ ਦੇ ਵਿੱਚ ਉਹ ਲਫ਼ਜ਼ ਮੇਰੇ ਅਜੇ ਵੀ ਜ਼ਬਾਨ ਤੇ ਕੁਕਦੇ ਹੈ ਕਿ ਇਹ ਦਰਮਹਿਲ ਅਮਾਰਤਾਂ ਸ਼ੁਰੂ ਹੋਈਆਂ ਉਧਰ ਚੰਦਰੀ ਕਬਰ ਬਲਾਮਦੀ ਹੈ ਲੇਕਿਨ ਇਸ ਉਸ਼ਾਰੇ ਨੂੰ ਕੋਈ ਨਹੀਂ ਸਮਝਦਾ ਸੀਗਾ ਕਿ ਕੀ ਹੋ ਰਿਹਾ ਹੈ ਕਿਉਂਕਿ ਉਹ ਮਕਾਨ ਹੀਰਾ ਲਾਲ ਨੇ ਬਣਾਇਆ ਸੀਗਾ ਉਹਦੇ ਵਿੱਚੋਂ ਬੈਠ ਕੇ ਸੁਖ ਨਹੀਂ ਮਾਣ ਸਕਿਆ ਨਾ ਉਸ ਮਕਾਨ ਨੂੰ ਲਜਾਈ ਸਕਿਆ ਹੈ ਆਲ ਆਫ ਯੂ ਹੈਵ ਸੀਨ ਪਪੂਸ ਹਾਊਸ ਇਨ ਦਿੱਲੀ ਐਂਡ ਵੈਨ ਦੈਟ ਹਾਊਸ ਵਾਸ ਬੀਇੰਗ ਬਿਲਟ ਪਪੂਸ ਫਾਦਰ ਹੀਰਾ ਲਾਲ ਐਂਡ ਹਿਸ ਫਰੈਂਡ ਕੇਵਲ ਐਂਡ ਕੁਲਵੰਤ ਹਿਸ ਬ੍ਰਦਰ ਦੇ ਆਲ ਵੇਰ ਟੈਲਿੰਗ ਮੀ ਅਬਾਊਟ ਹਾਊ ਸਟਰੋਂਗ ਦੈਟ ਹਾਊਸ ਇਸ ਗੋਇੰਗ ਟੂ ਬੀ ਐਂਡ ਦੇ ਵੇਰ ਟੈਲਿੰਗ ਮੀ ਅਬਾਊਟ ਦ ਹਾਊਸ ਐਂਡ ਦੇ ਟੁਕ ਮੀ ਟੂ ਸੀ ਦੈਟ ਹਾਊਸ todos ustedes han visto en la casa de Papu cuando estaban construyendo esa casa el papá de Papu Hiralal y su amigo Keval también Colwant el hermano eh, todos me estaban hablando acerca de cómo era de fuerte esa casa y cómo era de buena la casa y, e inclusive me llevaron a verla when i went upstairs at once this these words came out from my heart which Juan. meant that here the buildings are made but over there the grave is calling you de inmediato cuando yo fui allá eh, y cuando subía estas palabras surgieron de mi corazón y que decían eh, los edificios son erigidos acá pero allá en la tumba nos está llamando no one understood that nadie comprendió mis palabras it was papu's father who wanted to build that house but even before the house was completed he died El padre, el padre de Papu era quien deseaba construir esa casa, pero inclusive antes de que fuera terminada, él él murió. He could not spend any time in the house, he could not enjoy the house which he was building. Él no pudo pasar tiempo en esa casa ni pudo tampoco disfrutar de la casa que estaban construyendo. Pero me bachpane di abhi katna dasda hona hai ki main khel reha siga dimag chai ki banda kyon marda hai mar ke kithe janda hai ਕੀ ਇਹ ਵੀ ਕੋਈ ਮਦਦ ਕਰਦਾ ਹੈ ਕੀ ਕੋਈ ਭੈਣ ਭਰਾਵਾਂ ਚੋਂ ਮਾਤਾ ਪਿਤਾ ਚੋਂ ਕੋਈ ਮਦਦ ਕਰਦਾ ਹੈ ਇਸੇ ਚੀਜ਼ਾਂ ਨੂੰ ਮੈਂ ਸੋਚ ਕੇ ਕਾਫੀ ਛੋਟੀ ਉਮਰ ਸੀ ਤੋਂ ਮੈਂ ਟੇਰੀਆਂ ਬਣਾਉਣ ਲੱਗ ਪਿਆ ਜਿੰਨੇ ਸਾਡੇ ਪਰਿਵਾਰ ਦੇ ਸਦੱਸੇ ਸੀ 10-12 ਪੁੱਤਰੀਆਂ ਟੇਰੀਆਂ ਬਣਾਈਆਂ ਹਰ ਇੱਕ ਤੇ ਮੈਂ ਆਪਣੇ ਅੰਦਰੋਂ ਸਵਾਲ ਕੀਤਾ ਪਿਤਾ ਮੇਰਾ ਦੇਖ ਰਿਹਾ ਸੀ ਮੰਜੇ ਤੇ ਚਾਰ ਪਾਈ ਤੇ ਬੈਠਾ ਕਿ ਇਹ ਕੀ ਖੇਲ ਕਰ ਰਿਹਾ ਹੈ ਕਿਉਂਕਿ ਮੈਂ ਉਹ ਢੇਰੀ ਤੇ ਸਵਾਲ ਕਰਕੇ ਫੇਰ ਉਸ ਨੂੰ ਤੋਹਫਾ ਸੀਗਾ ਇੱਕ ਢੇਰੀ ਰਹਿਗੀ ਬਾਕੀ ਨਾ ਕਿਸੇ ਭੈਣ ਭਰਾ ਨੇ ਅੰਦਰੋਂ ਆਵਾਜ਼ ਦਿੱਤੀ ਵੀ ਮੈਂ ਤੇਰੀ ਮਦਦ ਕਰੂਗਾ ਜਾਂ ਤੇਰੇ ਨਾਲ ਜਾਊਂਗਾ ਜਾਂ ਇਹ ਜਿਹੜਾ ਮੌਤ ਔਰ ਪਦੇਸ਼ ਦਾ ਮਸਲਾ ਹੈ ਇਹ ਹੱਲ ਹੋ ਤੇਰਾ ਮੈਂ ਕਰਾ ਦੂੰਗਾ ਜਦੋਂ ਇੱਕ ਢੇਰੀ ਰਹਿਗੀ ਉਸ ਦੇ ਉੱਤੇ ਮੈਂ ਨਿਮਸ਼ਕਾਰ ਕੀਤੀ ਕਿ ਮੈਂ ਤੈਨੂੰ ਜਾਣਦਾ ਨਹੀਂ ਤੂੰ ਗਾਇਬ ਹੈ ਲੁਕੀ ਹੋਈ ਕੋਈ ਤਾਕਤ ਹੈ ਤੂੰ ਹੀ ਮੇਰੀ ਇੱਕ ਰਾਖੀ ਕਰਨ ਵਾਲਾ ਹੀ ਹੈ ਮੈਂ ਉਸ ਤੇਰੀ ਤੇ ਨਿਮਸ਼ਕਾਰ ਕੀਤੀ ਪਿਤਾ ਜੀ ਕਹਿਣ ਲੱਗੇ ਇਹ ਤੂੰ ਕੀ ਖੇਲ ਕਰਦਾ ਸੀਗਾ ਤੁਹਾਨੂੰ ਪਤਾ ਹੈ ਕਈ ਦਫਾ ਤੁਸੀਂ ਵੀ ਬੱਚੇ ਨੂੰ ਦੇਖ ਕੇ ਕੋਈ ਐਸੀ ਖੇਲ ਕਰਨੀ ਅਚਰਜ ਹੋ ਜਾਂਦੇ ਹੋ ਨਹੀਂ ਤਾਂ ਆਮ ਤੌਰ ਤੇ ਅਸੀਂ ਕਦੋਂ ਨਿਗਾ ਮਾਰਦੇ ਹਾਂ ਕਿ ਬੱਚਾ ਕੀ ਖੇਲ ਕਰਦਾ ਹੈ ਉਹ ਪੁੱਛਣ ਲੱਗੇ ਮੈਂ ਕਿਹਾ ਇਹ ਤੁਹਾਡੀਆਂ ਸਭੀਆਂ ਢੇਰੀਆਂ ਬਣਾਈਆਂ ਸੀ ਮੈਂ ਇੱਕ ਇੱਕ ਤੇ ਸਵਾਲ ਕੀਤਾ ਕਿ ਮੌਤ ਪਦੇਸ਼ ਦਾ ਜੋ ਮਸਲਾ ਹੈ ਇਹਨੂੰ ਕਿਵੇਂ ਹੱਲ ਕੀਤਾ ਜਾਏਗਾ ਕਿ ਇਹਨਾਂ ਵਿੱਚੋਂ ਮੇਰੀ ਕੋਈ ਮਦਦ ਕਰੇਗਾ ਕਿ ਤੁਸੀਂ ਕਰੋਗੇ ਤੋਂ ਇੱਕ ਢੇਰੀ ਹੈ ਜਿਹਦੇ ਮਤਲਬ ਮੈਂ ਨੂੰ ਗਿਆਨ ਨਹੀਂ ਮੈਂ ਉਹ ਦੇਖਿਆ ਨਹੀਂ ਉਹ ਉਸ 
एक आसरा है मैं सब ढेरियां टातियां एक ढेरी दा आसरा है तो पिता जी बड़े अचरज होए मेनू कहण लगे मैं तेरे वास्ते कर पाया सोना किन्नी जायदाद तेरे वास्ते बढ़ाई है तो मैं ओनु जो ना ये लफ्ज किया तो मैं मुंह दे विच थुकया के दुनिया दी जायदाद ता ए जी है ए दो वादे दी कोई वैल्यू नहीं ते वो खा भरया है के तू ऐसे गंग लाग क्यों करदा है की वजह है सो प्यारेओ एक थानू मैं अपनी जिंदगी दी घटना भी कई बारी पहला भी सुनाई है अखीर ए सवाल नाल खास ए तलक रखदा है बेशक ए बाहर दीया मसाला हन लेकिन असि जे बाहरों कुछ सोचांगे समझांगे के महात्मा सत्संग दे विच की कहंदे है क्यों कहंदे है ਕੀ ਉਹਨਾਂ ਨੇ ਸਾਡੀਆਂ ਜਦਾਤਾਂ ਲੈਣੀਆਂ ਹਨ ਕਿ ਸਾਥੋ ਕੋਈ ਉਹਨਾਂ ਨੇ ਗਰਾਹੀ ਕਰਨੀ ਹੈ ਨਹੀਂ ਐਸੀ ਕੋਈ ਉਹਨਾਂ ਦੀ ਮਨਸ਼ਾ ਨਹੀਂ ਹੁੰਦੀ ਕੋਈ ਅਸੀਂ ਜਦਾਤਾਂ ਛੱਡਣੀਆਂ ਨਹੀਂ ਪੁੱਤਰ ਦੀਆਂ ਛੱਡਣੇ ਨਹੀਂ ਹੁੰਦੇਗੇ ਸਿਰਫ ਇਹ ਸੋਚਣ ਦੀ ਬਾਤ ਹੈ ਕਿ ਅਸੀਂ ਜਦ ਮਾਤਾ ਦੇ ਪੇਟ ਵਿੱਚੋਂ ਆਏ ਸੀ ਇੱਕ ਮਾਸ ਦਾ ਲੋਥੜਾ ਸੀ ਔਰ ਅਸੀਂ ਬੇਸਹਾਰਾ ਸੀ ਕਿਸ ਤਰ੍ਹਾਂ ਉਹ ਇੱਕ ਤਾਕਤ ਨੇ ਸਾਡੀ ਪਰਵਸ਼ ਕੀਤੀ ਮਾਤਾ ਦੇ ਪੇਟ ਵਿੱਚ ਬੋਬਿਆਂ ਦੇ ਅੰਦਰ ਦੁੱਧ ਆਇਆ ਕਿਵੇਂ ਉਹਨੇ ਪਾਲਣ ਪੋਸ਼ਣ ਵਾਸਤੇ ਮਾਤਾ ਦੇ ਪਿਤਾ ਦੇ ਦਿਲ ਵਿੱਚ ਮਮਤਾ ਭਰੀ ਹੈ ਕਿ ਸਾਡਾ ਫਰਜ਼ ਨਹੀਂ ਬਣਦਾ ਅਸੀਂ ਉਹਨੂੰ ਕਿਵੇਂ ਮਿਲੀਏ ਤੋ ਮਹਾਤਮਾ ਸਾਨੂੰ ਦੱਸਦੇ ਹੈ ਕਿ ਪਿਆਰਿਓ ਤੁਸੀਂ ਉਸ ਨੂੰ ਸਿਰਫ ਛੋਟੇ ਹੋ ਕੇ ਮਿਲ ਸਕਦੇ ਹੋ ਕਿਉਂਕਿ ਉਹ ਹਰ ਚੀਜ਼ ਦਾ ਮਾਲਕ ਹੈ ਜਿੰਨਾ ਚਿਕਰ ਅਸੀਂ ਉਹਦੇ ਕੇ ਛੋਟੇ ਨਹੀਂ ਹੁੰਦੇਗੇ ਉਹਨਾਂ ਚਿਕਰ ਉਹ ਸਾਡੇ ਅੰਦਰ ਕਿਸ ਤਰ੍ਹਾਂ ਬੂਆ ਖੋਲੇਗਾ when i was young i often used to wonder that why does death come and what happens when one dies and who is there who comes to help at the time of the death cuando yo era joven siempre me preguntaba por qué viene la muerte a dónde se dirigen esas personas cuando mueren y hay alguien que les ayuda a las personas que mueren once when i was playing with mud i started making small house like things i made maybe 10 or 12 each representing my brother or sister Cuando yo era pequeño estaba una vez estaba jugando eh, con el barro y empecé a hacer unas figuras eh, que re, eh, que simbolizaban las casas de por ejemplo de mis hermanos, de mi hermano o de mi hermana. After making those house like things of the mud, I asked question to each one of them that will they help me at the time of the death? Después de haber creado estas cosas con la con el barro, yo fui y les pregunté, ¿ustedes me podrán ayudar en el momento de la muerte? and after asking that question i would demolish that when i would not get the positive answer y después de que me daban la respuesta si era negativa yo iba y destruía el la casa de esa persona so la, asked, o sea la casa de barro no i asked that question for every brother or sister or all the worldly relations i had yo le hice esa misma pregunta a todos los hermanos y mis hermanas y a todos mis parientes and i went on demolishing them y Así sucesivamente fui eh, apachurrando todas las casas que había hecho. Only one was left and that was representing God Almighty. Únicamente quedó una que re- que representaba a Dios Todopoderoso. I said that I don't know who you are and where you are. Yo le dije no sé ni quién eres tú ni dónde estás. But I got the answer from my within that yes he is the one who will rescue me at the time of the death. Pero recibí la respuesta desde adentro y que me dijo sí él te va a rescatar en el momento de la muerte. My father was watching me doing all this 
and he came to me and he asked me that what I was playing, what was that play about. Mi padre vio lo que yo estaba haciendo, entonces se me acercó y me preguntó de qué se trataba mi juego. Usually it happens when your child is playing like this and when he is playing a play which you do not know then you become curious and you want to know that what he is playing generalmente cuando los niños están jugando y si uno no comprende bien el juego que están jugando entonces uno se acerca y les pregunta de qué se trata normally the parents do not pay any attention to what kind of play the the children are playing but if you watch them and if you are curious you definitely come and ask them so like that my father also came to me and he asked me that what I was playing Normalmente no nos interesan mucho los juegos de los niños, pero si prestamos atención eh, y si no comprendemos qué es lo que están haciendo, entonces sentimos la curiosidad, de manera que eh, mi padre también sintió curiosidad y se acercó y me preguntó de qué se trataba mi juego. So I told my father that all these houses like things which I had made, they were one for each of my brother and sister and all my worldly relations, my mother and father. And I was asking this question to them and I did not get any positive answer. So that is why I demolished that. And this one which is left, that represents, that signifies God Almighty. Because I know, I have not seen him, but I got the answer from my within that he is the one who will help me. Le conté que todas estas casas las había construido, las había formado, para que representara cada una uno, por ejemplo, una para mi madre, una para mi padre y eh, todos mis parientes y todos mis hermanos y hermanas y le dije cómo eh, cuando les había hecho esa pregunta de si me iban a ayudar en el momento de la muerte cuando recibí la respuesta negativa entonces eh, deshice las casas de aquellas personas que habían dicho que no me podían ayudar la única que había quedado era la que simbolizaba a Dios Todopoderoso sí. le dije, aun cuando no lo conozco ni lo he visto he recibido esta respuesta desde adentro que Él es el único que me puede ayudar en el momento de la muerte well, you see that I have made this beautiful house for you and all this property which I have collected that is only for you. Cuando mi padre escuchó esto, se sintió muy triste y me dijo, tú ves, he construido esta bella casa para ti, he recolectado toda esta riqueza para ti. I spat and I said, well, all these worldly properties, all these worldly possessions are nothing more than this spit for me. They don't have any value for me. Yo escupí y dije todas estas cosas del mundo todas estas propiedades todas estas cosas no son eh, sino como lo que uno escupe eso no tiene ninguna importancia para mí no significa nada para mí My father felt it very much but that was the reality which I told him Mi padre lo sintió muchísimo pero yo simplemente le estaba diciendo cuál era la realidad So this is the incident of my life which I have often related to you I have often told you about this De manera que este es un incidente de mi vida acerca del cual les he hablado con frecuencia So looking around in my life in my childhood I got so many lessons I learned so many lessons which helped me to become small and humble Así, durante mi niñez y durante toda mi vida, recibí tantas lecciones que me ayudaron a ser pequeño. When the masters talk about the worldly possessions, the worldly properties and the wealth and things like that, they do not mean to say that you should give all that all those things up. Cuando los maestros hablan acerca de las posesiones, las propiedades mundanas o la riqueza o las demás cosas del mundo, ellos no quieren decir que debemos dejarlas todas. Nor do they mean to say that you should give all those things up 
all those things to the master they don't want any of our possessions ni tampoco quieren decir que tenemos que darles todas esas cosas al maestro ellos tampoco quieren ninguna propiedad del mundo when they tell us about the detachment for the worldly properties worldly possessions they mean to tell us <coughs> that they they want us to realize they want us to remember that when we were born from the womb of the mother we were just a small piece of flesh cuando ellos hablan acerca de estas propiedades o de los apegos que tenemos por esta propiedad, ellos eh, simplemente están tratando de recordarnos que cuando nosotros, antes de nacer, nosotros simplemente éramos un pedazo de carne. We came in this world with the support of God Almighty and you see that when we were born, how he brought the love and affection. Nosotros in the mother and in our father and how the milk started flowing in the breast of the our mother for our maintenance nosotros únicamente teníamos el apoyo de Dios Todopoderoso Él nos ayudó y una vez que nacimos Él desarrolló el amor dentro del padre y de la madre y también eh, para sostenernos eh, la madre eh, tenía leche para el niño He has given us so much in this life First he gave us the life and then he provided us all the things for our maintenance. Should we not become grateful to him for all what he has done for us? Él nos ha dado tantísimas cosas en esta vida. Primero que todo nos dio su apoyo. Nos ha dado todas las cosas eh, que, nos son, que nos sostienen. De manera que no deberíamos estar agradecidos con Él por todo esto. Should we not do His devotion? Should we not go within and see who He is and what He is like, the one who has given us so much? No deberíamos entonces hacer su devoción. No deberíamos ir hacia adentro y ver cómo es Él. We can do that. We can go within only if we become small. Podemos hacerlo, pero la única forma de hacerlo es volviéndonos pequeños. We cannot go within carrying all these worldly possessions. No podemos ir hacia adentro con todas estas propiedades mundanas. He is great. He is the greatest. And unless we become the small, the smallest in front of him, we cannot get any grace from him. Él es el grandioso, el más grandioso de todos. Y si nosotros no somos pequeños, los más pequeños de todos, no podemos recibir la gracia de Él. That is why saints always lay a lot of emphasis on becoming humble and small. Por eso es que los santos enfatizan muchísimo volverse humildes y volverse pequeños. Entonces, para que no perdamos, no se ਇਤਿਹਾਸਿਕ ਗੱਲਾਂ ਦੱਸਦੇ ਹੈ ਦੁਨੀਆ ਦੀਆਂ ਰੀਤੀਆਂ ਕੁਝ ਆਪਣੀਆਂ ਹੜਵੀਤੀਆਂ ਦੱਸਦੇ ਹੈ ਲੇਕਿਨ ਉਹਨਾਂ ਦਾ ਮਕਸਦ ਜਿਹੜਾ ਹੁੰਦਾ ਹੈ ਸਾਡੀ ਸੁੱਤੀ ਆਤਮਾ ਨੂੰ ਪਰਮਾਤਮਾ ਦੀ ਤਰਫੋਂ ਪਰਮਾਤਮਾ ਦੀ ਤਰਫ ਉਹ ਜਗਾ ਦਿੰਦੇ ਹੈ ਜਦੋਂ ਦੇਖਦੇ ਆ ਕਿ ਦੀ ਆਤਮਾ ਜਾਗਦੀ ਹੈ ਹੁਣ ਨਾਮ ਵਾਸਤੇ ਤਿਆਰ ਹੈ ਫਿਰ ਉਹ ਸਾਨੂੰ ਨਾਮ ਦੇ ਨਾਲ ਜੋੜ ਦਿੰਦੇ ਹੈ ਇਨ ਦਾ ਵਜਨ ਅੱਜ ਸ਼ੁਭ ਦਿਹਾੜਾ today is a blessed day we just come with good fortune that we have had the darshan of our master you sing that some things of the past some things of the present telling us all these secret things <coughs> he has awakened our heart ustedes cantan aquel bhajan aaj shubh dihara ke dice hoy es un día muy bendito porque hemos recibido el darshan de nuestro maestro allí cantamos como 
y dice eh, las cosas del pasado, las cosas eh, del futuro, él nos ha contado estas cosas para que despertemos. Masters tell us things from the past, the history, and they also tell us many things which they themselves have experienced. Los maestros nos cuentan muchas cosas acerca del pasado, acerca de la historia, y también nos cuentan acerca de cosas que ellos mismos eh, han tenido en su propia experiencia. And by telling us all these things, they make us realize the reality. Al decirnos todas estas cosas o contarnos todas estas cosas nos hacen caer en cuenta de la realidad. And when we understand what they are telling us and when they see us prepared they take us within and they show us what this whole thing is about what is the truth. Cuando nosotros comprendemos lo que ellos quieren decir y cuando nos damos cuenta de cuál es la realidad entonces y cuando el maestro ve que nosotros estamos listos entonces nos llevan hacia adentro y nos muestran eh, el misterio y nos resuelven el misterio de todas estas cosas. Our closing budget is a budget of Sanchi on page 258. Shower grace on everyone. Shower grace. Shower grace. Oh Guru Pal, remove everyone's pains. Remove the pains, Guru Pal. We are your children. You are our father. Who except you can reshape our distortions? Remove the darkness. Oh Master, manifest the light. We are wandering. Show us the way. Who will take care of us if you will forget us? May we live becoming men and create heaven on earth. May the black cloud of sins disappear and the stream of nectar of Nam's nectar flow. May the honor of the Sangat increase. May everyone be blessed. Whoever has your form in his mind and whoever has your Nam in his mouth, all his works are accomplished in the wink of an eye. May you shower grace on me, and may I accomplish my work. O oh, Kirpal Guru, give me only this boon. Make my body, mind, and wealth pure. May I be liberated from all the dualities, and may I see your beauty in everyone. Ajayb sings your praises with a sincere mind. Shower grace on everyone. Shower grace. Shower grace. Oh, Guru Pal, remove everyone's pains. Remove the pains, Guru Pal. A bhajan of Sanchi's on page 258. <laughs> Guru Pal Sab Par Deya Karo Deya Karo Deya Karo Guru Pal Sab Ke Kast Haro Kast Haro Kast Haro Guru Pal Sab Par Deya Karo हम बालक तुम पिता हमारे तुम बिन बिगड़ी खोन सवारे 
हम बालक तुम पिता हमारे तुम बिन बिगड़ी कौन सवारे तम सहरो गुरु ज्योति जगाओ बटकड़ेरा दिखाओ बटकड़ेरा दिखाओ बोल दिया अगर तुम नहीं हमको कौन करेगा ज्ञान सब फार दिया करो दया करो दया करो गुरु पाल सब के कास्ट हरो कास्ट हरो कास्ट हरो गुरु पाल सब पार दया करो मानव बन कर हम जी पाए इस दरती फर स्वर्ग सजाए मानव बन कर हम जी पाए इस दरती फर स्वर्ग सजाए काते पाप की काली कड़ा बहे नाम की अमृत दारा बाहे नाम की अमृत दारा सब संगत का मानव दे निट सब कहो कल्याण सब फर दिया करो दया करो दया करो गुरु पाल सब के कास्ट हरो कास्ट हरो कास्ट हरो गुरु पाल सब पर दया करो जिसके मन में मूर्त तेरी जिसके मुँह पर तेरा नाम जिसके मन में मूर्त तेरी जिसके मुँह पर तेरा नाम पलक जपट के बन जाते उसकी बिगड़े सारे काम उसके बिगड़े सारे काम दे मेहर हो जाए तेरी मेर बन जाए काम सब पर दया करो दया करो दया करो गुरु पाल सब के कास्ट हरो कास्ट हरो कास्ट हरो गुरु पाल सब पर दया करो कृपाल गुरु बस इतना वर दो तन मन दन सब निर्मल कर दो कृपाल गुरु बस इतना वर दो तन मन दन सब निर्मल कर दो हर दुविधा से हो छुतकारा सब में दी के रूप तुम्हारा सब में दी के रूप तुम्हारा सच मन से करे तुम्हारा 
अजायब गुण गान सब पर दिया करो दिया करो दिया करो गुरु पाल सब के कास्त हरो कास्त हरो कास्त हरो गुरु पाल सब पर दिया करो we are your children. You are our Father. Who except you can reshape our distortions? Remove the darkness, O Master. Manifest the light. We are wandering. Show us the way. Who will take care of us if you will forget us? Shower grace on everyone. Shower grace. Shower grace. O Gurupal, remove everyone's pains. Remove the pains, Gurupal. May God bless us all.